morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Hillhead at the Grosvenor. Um, this is the first proper week of the holidays, so lots of us are away, I hope, enjoying ourselves. Uh, but it's lovely to have Jenny back with us and uh, to have Emma's mum uh, here this morning. You're both very welcome. Our service this morning will be led by our Minister Katrina, and this is the first of our summer team builder series. Everything you need to follow the service is on the printed order of service and on the screen. As you'll see, our service will also include communion, and everyone who is trying to follow Jesus is invited to take part. Thank you, Anne. It's good to be together, and I know it's the first week of the school summer holidays here, and therefore a lot of people with children are away. It's also the first week of our interactive all-age services, which does give you an opportunity to move around and try different things, if you so wish. But let's just keep a moment or two of stillness and quiet, because we are in the presence of our living, loving God. The Apostle Paul says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We join together in our first worship song. We will sing it first of all in English, then in Zimbabwean, and then back into English. Those who have been here a while do know it, even if you think you've forgotten it. But don't worry if you get it a bit wrong. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that we sing our praises to God. Come all you people, come and praise your maker. we come to our maker God in prayer and after I have led us we will of course join in sharing the Lord's Prayer together 
in whatever version and language feels the most normal and natural for each one of us. So let's pray together. We praise you, God, our maker, who has known us since the moment of our conception, who watched over us as a mass of, as a mass of cells evolved into a fetus and a fetus into a child. We praise you, God, our sustainer, who has kept us since before our birth and have gifted each of us with a unique blend of genes and experiences to shape us into the people we are intended to be. We praise you, God, our redeemer, who never gives up on us and no matter how often or how far we wander from your perfect dream for us, you gently draw us back, dust us down, set us back on our feet and lead us onwards. We praise you, God beyond understanding, for the miraculous mystery that is our ordinary, everyday lives. Inspired by this incredible truth, we join our minds, hearts and voices in the words Jesus taught his followers as we pray together saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. I think most people were here the week that the young people and children led us. And most people thoroughly enjoyed watching me do the jelly game. I thought we might have another go at the jelly game today. So, would I get two volunteers to be mouths? It's amazing, isn't it? Nobody wants to volunteer to be a mouth. Would I get any volunteers to be hands? Any volunteers to be eyes? Okay, that's fine. We'll not do the jelly game. I'll take the jelly home and eat it myself. I'd like you to go and ponder your reluctance. <laughs> Is it fear of being made a fool of when it's perfectly okay to make a fool of your minister? Is it fear of getting it wrong because that would make us uncomfortable? Whenever I think of the church as a body, I'm reminded of this little cartoon that used to be in, I think Sabino it used to be in. Somebody will correct me. Does anybody know what the, the picture is? Anybody read comics when they were younger? <laughs> Ailey, thank you, my saviour. It is the numbskulls, that's right. And, um, um, can you tell us anything about the numbskulls, Ailey? Yeah, 
right. So it's, it's from the, the, the Beano, and it's a cartoon, and these are all the people who live in the man's head who make him work. So there's Brainy, who does the thinking. There's Blinky, who controls the eyes. There's Radar, who listens to what's coming in through the ears. There's Snitch, who's got a peg on his nose, because he is the nose, he does smelling. And there's Cruncher, who is the mouth. So the mouth has different things in it. But different things that all these, these parts of our heads, parts of our bodies do. So we're not going to do the jelly game because nobody wants to do it, and that's okay, honestly. Um, <laughs> you know, it seriously is okay. But I want you to think for a minute what a mouth can do apart from eat jelly. And uh, while you're thinking, I'll eat some jelly. So what can a mouth do other than eat jelly? You have to call it out, and I'm just going to stand here until you do it. And if that's till 12 o'clock, that's fine. It can laugh. Thank you. Talk. Sing. Kiss. Yep. Those are all good things. What can the mouth do that's not so good? Swear. Yep. Criticise, I heard. Grumble. Burp. I don't think burp's necessarily bad. It's cultural, isn't it? Depends on your culture. In some cultures, it's very polite to burp. Okay, what about hands? Apart from holding a spoon to shove jelly into my mouth, what can hands do? Create things. Thank you, Jenny. What else? Sign language. Sign language, yeah. Wave at people. Thank you. Sorry? Applaud, yep. Com yep, comfort people by touch. Brilliant. These are some really good things. And what can hands do that are not so good? Steal, yep. Be violent. I thought I had something here. Make rude gestures. Make rude gestures. You're good for my negatives here, Marit, today. <laughs> not quite sure what that says. Okay, and eyes. We've talked about eyes. What can eyes do? Apart from just like sea jellies. Mm hmm. They can wink. Water. Sorry? Water. They can water, yep. Show our they show our emotions. How do they show our emotions, Jenny? Okay, so we can quickly eyes, glary eyes, crying eyes. We're sad, yep. So we all our bits of our body, not only do we have lots of different parts to our body but they can do all sorts of different things. I enjoyed my jelly, thank you. I didn't get any last time, so that kind of makes up for it. All our parts of our body matter, and they all have different skills. They can be used for good, they can be used for evil, and we have to think about how we use them. Here's a little bit of what the Apostle Paul said when he was writing to the church in Corinth. The body does not consist of one member, but of many. Oops. I think I'm out of order here, but it doesn't matter. Um, if the foot were to say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less part of the body. <coughs> and if the ear were to say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less part of the body. If the whole body was an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole body were hearing, 
where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, if all were the same, where would the body be? As it is, there are many different members and yet one body. Now we're going to sing a song together and if I say it's an action song, you won't do it. (laughs) If I say it's a body prayer, that sounds super holy and you just might consider giving it a try. (laughs) It's entirely up to you whether you do the actions or not. But here is an opportunity, if you like, to use your body a little bit as we sing this prayer song to God. Wiggle your fingers, touch your noses. Thanks, Paul. think now about our church as a team. Is there somebody who would like to do some scribing? No, I haven't got to you yet, Joyce. At least not according to my order of service. I'll let you know when we get there. Is there somebody who is happy to be a scribe for me? Somebody who can write? Thank you, Jenny. Okay, what I would like you to do is to think about our church, or if this is not your, own, your regular church, the church of which you are a part, and what skills do we need in our church? And if you can call them out, then Jenny can write them down for us. Leadership, Leadership thank you. Sorry? Welcomers. Welcomers. There is now. (laughs) Leaders, okay. Sorry, readers. (coughs) 
right? So leaders, people, to, people who've, got, who've, got, who've got the gift of leadership, people who've got the gift of welcoming, people who've got the gift of reading. What else do we need? Sunday school teachers, thank you. You're allowed to shout the ones that you've got. <laughs> That's okay. Set us up. Set us up, choir. Okay, musician. Set a, setting up. Just write setting up, it'll do. <laughs> Whatever you think, Jenny. There's not a right or wrong way of doing it. Is that everything we need for our church? People who can count, thank you. Flower arrangers. Counters, prayers, flower arrangers. That feels like a song coming on, except I can't quite. Thinkers, thank you, Ian. On a roll now. Thinkers. Thinkers. Okay. Thinkers, believers, um, editors. That's <coughs> why I could go home. Bye. <laughs> no preacher. Bye. No, you don't have to have a preacher. It's fine by me. I'll just come and sit in the back and play. Great. Preachers plural. Absolutely. Yes, not just me. Anything you can think of? Bookkeepers. Thank you, Ken. Rebels. Good. We're getting there. Rebels. Bookkeepers. Wouldn't that come under the counters? Is that what we meant by that? Sorry? Coffee. Oh, hospitality. Hospitality. Well, that's a good word. Thank you. Okay, children. You can, Kush can. And any more for any more? Members and something over here. Listeners. Thank you, Nancy. Was there somebody waving at me over there? No. Okay. Sounds people? Techie. Tech. Tech. And givers, thank you. Yeah. Okay, techies. Um, givers. There was givers, people who give. Um, crush, I heard. See, once we get going, it's hard to stop, isn't it? It's, this is really, really, really good. Oh, prayers, thank you. Sorry, I managed to. We did have prayers, oh, but is that. Prayers, and yeah, that's a, I think, yeah, people who pray, and, yeah. I think that's okay, yes. Okay, one more if anybody's bursting to say one. No? Trustees. Thank you, Katrina. Okay, wow, what a list. So we, we've actually got a mixture of roles and a mixture of gifts there, but that's okay, that's totally fine. So all these are things, are roles or gifts or people we need to make up our church. Wow. 
Do you recognise there? You don't have, to, don't have to shout out or call out or move or anything. This one. Do you recognise in that list anything that you think, yeah, I have that gift or that role? So leadership, welcoming, reading, leading in Sunday school, singing in the choir, music, setting up, counting, praying, flower arranging, thinking, believing, editing, preaching, rebelling, <laughs> hospitality, being part of a family, being a member, being a listener, having tech skills, giving, working in crash, being a trustee. Can you see some of those that you have? Because I think everybody here has some of those. And there are other things we could have added on, um, and perhaps not skills, but gifts of humour, gifts of love, gifts of patience, gifts of tenacity or stubbornness. All sorts of gifts and skills, and they all have a place within our church. And so Joyce is now going to come and read for us. So how do we get to you, Joyce? You're now going to come and read from us from part of Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. The reading this morning is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, <coughs> verses 4 to 11. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit of utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. Amen. Thank you, Joyce. So this is where I get out the oldest visual aid I possess. I, I think I made this 20 years ago, there or thereabouts. And I have used it when we were over in the Trist. I remember using it there. And it, it goes around with me when I go on, on visits to other churches, because people get a bit twitchy when we talk about the gifts that God gives us or the gifts from the Holy Spirit because they think well some of them sound very supernatural some of them sound a bit scary but actually most of them are incredibly ordinary and they aren't all listed anywhere in the Bible so here is my list thank you Joyce there we go so these are the gifts that are listed in the Bible. We may have them, we may not have them. Nobody has all of them, but all of us may have some of them. And there are others that are not listed in, in explicitly in the Bible. 
So we're just going to leave that. I'll move it so that people who move won't trip over it. But we'll just leave that out as a reminder to ourselves that God has all sorts and sizes of gifts for people to exercise, both in the church and also in the world. And we're going to sing one of uh, the songs that really helps us to express that we all matter. I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. from Ephesians chapter 4, chapter 4, verses 1 to 13, unity and maturity in the body of Christ. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, 
who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then from Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 8. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is uh, teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. And if it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Amen. going to have the opportunity now to move around if we so wish. If you stay in here, um, I will lead us in a, a spoken reflection. At the back, we have some kind of grown-up colouring and some questions if you want to just sit and ponder some questions rather than listen to me. Across the way, we have all sorts of interesting activities for all ages. It's not, it's not, it's not the children's option. That's for anybody who would prefer that option. Um, we've got colouring puzzles, if you would like to chat around anything to do with these readings then that's a place where you can go and have a conversation um, as well and then we'll reach a point in the service where we will play the same piece of music again which will be the sign to come back together so this piece of music is for our reflection and also for our moving
So we're moving into the summer season and the majority of the usual church activities are taking a well-earned break or at least slowing down a little bit and our services are taking a slightly different form in which year by year I try to encourage people to try new things and year by year, generally speaking, they don't, but that's fine. Let's just name that and, and then I can park it and, and get on with what I'm going to say. But we can, all of us, whether we do what is familiar or whether we try something new, have the potential to discover new insights along the way. This pattern of zones is deliberate. It offers a range of activities and approaches to appeal to people whose personalities are different, whose preferences and learning styles are different. And there are people in our church, and it has to be said, quite a few of them are away on holiday today, for whom sermons just don't cut it. What they like is to sit quietly and reflect on the scriptures. And there are people who love a great sermon. And both of those is fine. We just try to hold those together in a slightly different way in the summer. However you find yourself fed by God is great. And it's not for me to, to say it's right or wrong, because it, it's right. It's the way that God feeds you. And it's the way that God feeds me. The body of Christ is the team in which each one of us has a vital role. And it includes introverts and extroverts, activists and reflectors, scientists and artists. If we were all introverts, where would the spontaneity be? And if we were all spontaneous, where would the order be? If we were all logical thinkers, would we ever take a risk and try something new? This summer, we are celebrating our unity in diversity, the fact that each and every one of us is important, each and every one of us is called, and each and every one of us has unique gifts and skills to share in the body of Christ, which is the team. And today we're going to start with a very general consideration of the team of which we're all part. For most of us, that um, imagery that is used by the Apostle Paul is familiar. We've heard lots and lots of sermons on them. So I'm going to start with a statement of the obvious. That is so obvious that it's easily overlooked or just passed by. It says, you are the body of Christ. Not, you are aspiring to be the body of Christ. Not you are on your way to being the body of Christ. Not with a fair wind and not too many problems, you might one day be the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. It's not a choice. It's not something we can say, yeah, I'll do that on some Sundays and not others. You are. If you are part of God's church, you are part of the body of Christ. 
And if you are somebody who likes philosophy and understands it, which I neither like nor understand, but hey-ho, it's an ontological statement, a statement of being, of essence, of identity. And for me, who just, my brain just can't cope with philosophy, what it says in ordinary language is that you matter, you belong, you're important. And if you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to hear this and treasure it. The God who has made you says you belong. You are in. You are part of this team just as you are. Imperfect, frail, failing, insecure, bewildered. You're in. Confident, strong, succeeding, sure, assertive. You are in. None of those, something else, that's okay. Because you are in as well. You are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And that brings us to the second important thing about this team. It's a team in which everybody is of equal worth. We've all got different skills and gifts. Remember the lists that the one we came up with and the one I put out on the floor. Nobody's got everything, but everybody's got something. And no one of those roles is more important or less important than the others. Be no good me writing a fancy sermon if nobody put the chairs out and nobody came and nobody served the coffee. It would just be rubbish. We all have our role to play. No one's more important, no one's less important. So this is where the Apostle Paul goes with his kind of rather comedy idea that the hand can't say, well, I'm actually more important than the foot. I'm superior to the foot. And the ear can't say, actually, I'm less than the eye. And the heart can't say it's more important than the liver. And the lungs can't say they're less important than the skin. Because for the body to be healthy, every single part of it needs to do what it's meant to do, what it's designed to do. From breathing, to digesting food, to interpreting visual or audible or sensory stimuli. It is not the case that those who preach are superior to those who undertake administrative tasks. It is not the case that those whose gifts are pastoral are somehow lesser than those whose gifts are in trusteeship and formal leadership. Now, that's easy to say but it's not so easy to live out. It's easy to aspire to, but the truth is that a community of equals is so countercultural that it's hard to understand, let alone to live out. In our society, salaries are linked with status. The higher your status, generally speaking, the more you get paid. If you have the right titles, before or after your name, doors will open for you. 
So it's very difficult in a world where that's what we hear all the time to live a different ethic as a church. Very hard not to think the people who have more letters after their name are somehow better than those who have less letters after their name. That those who have roles that give them more opportunity are therefore better than, than the others. It's not, that's not how it works. That's not what church is about. Church is about saying we are all of equal worth. So the person who puts out the, the, the equipment, sets up the tables, is every bit as important as the person who writes the intercessory prayers. And the person who makes sure we all get a cup of coffee is no less important than the person who reads the Bible readings. Whoever you are, you are of equal importance. And it, it's really easy, really easy to say, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a flower arranger. I'm just a welcoming steward, just a Sunday school teacher, just a whatever it is. No. You are a flower arranger. You are a reader, a Sunday school leader, a musician, a chorister, whatever it is. And you are important and you are valid. And I think it's also true that it's easy to see the roles and miss the characteristics. Because in those lists that we've had, both from scripture and our own, we talk about people who have certain characteristics. Gentleness, compassion, encouragement. And they're really important too. And there'll be people here who say, actually, yeah, I, I can do that. I can be kind, or I am kind. I can be an encourager. I can notice when somebody does something that's good, and, and I can tell them. I have a role. Everyone here has a role, and your role is as important as my role, as important as everybody else's role. So let's just expand that first statement. You are in the team. And you are every bit as important as everybody else and no more important than anyone else. The team captain is Jesus, who recognises and celebrates everybody's unique gifts, skills and personality and values us all equally. So that's great. We have a team in which we are all members. We each have a role within the team, but what's the team for? Just, you know, why have a team in the first place? Well, just as the ethos of the team that is church is different from those we might find outside, so are our aims and objectives. Some of you will be enjoying the Football World Cup. I can think of nothing more boring, but there you go. Some of you will be enjoying rugby or tennis or whatever. But if you're in a sports team, that's a very clear aim. And it's not just to be the best you can be. It's to be better than everybody else. To get the gold medal, to get the trophy, to get promoted to a higher league. If you are in a sales team, 
then your aim is to sell more than the other team across the way. If you're a retailer, then your aim is to make more profit than the other retailer down the road. And you know, even in the so-called caring professions, budgets are linked to the achievement of targets and success is measured statistically. How many cataracts did you replace? How many knees? Whatever it is. But that's not what it's about if we're a church. We're not in competition with the church down the road. Or we definitely shouldn't be. You can't get a prize or a promotion for being a bigger church or a trendier church or a more radical church or a more inclusive church or a more anything church. But it's so easy, isn't it, to look at that church down the road or up the road and think, well, they've got more people than us. They've got more children than us. They've got a better building than us. They're succeeding more than us. But that's not what we're told is the purpose of the church. Not to be the biggest, not to be the best, not to be the most radical, liberal, evangelical, conservative, Pentecostal, whatever it is. It's to be who we are, to know that we are interdependent within the body and to seek its health, its well-being and its growth to maturity. That's what we're told in the scriptures. In the letter to Corinthians, we're reminded the purpose of all gifts and all service is the common good. In other words, we never do something to be recognised. We don't read the Bible or lead the intercessions or create a sermon or whatever it is so that people go, oh, well done, you did that really, really well. No. What motivates us is what is sometimes called the golden rule. We love God, we love our neighbours, we love ourselves. And so we seek to employ our gifts in ways that build each other up, that are healthy and helpful. And, and what that looks like will be different for different ones of us and it will be different within different church congregations. But it's never just about what's in it for me, what's in it for those I like, it's what's best for everybody. What helps everybody together to become the people God has made and called us to be, to help us to flourish. If we focus on the letter to, the, to Ephesus, then we're told that the, the, the church has the work of equipping the saints for works of ministry and building up the body to, until all achieve maturity in Christ. That's what it's about. It's about being a learning community, to use a trendy word. Everybody learns, everybody teaches. Everybody has something they can contribute that nobody else can. It suggests a community in which it's okay to fail. It's okay to try something and it, and it doesn't work out. It suggests a community in which we encourage each other that we'd be gentle with each other and patient with each other. I'm preaching to myself as much as to anybody else, maybe more so. It's a community that says, we're in this together, 
and we will do what is comfortable and familiar. And just now and then, we'll be open to trying something a bit different. It suggests it's a community that is self-aware, deliberately, and reflects on how it's getting on, and looks to encourage and enable each other to grow and flourish. We can't think about me. I can't, mustn't. I must not think about me and what suits me. I have to think about what's good for us. So, as we go on in this summer and think about team, I think these are the things I want us to keep in mind. All of us are part of the team that is the church. The church is the lived expression of Christ's body in this place. All of us has equal worth and equal importance, just as we are. And every single one of us is called to share in an ethic of mutuality that celebrates diversity, encourages the exercise of gifts, and seeks the flourishing in faith and service of every person. Hopefully, over the next few weeks, we'll be able to look at some more things that help us to think more about that. But those are the things I want you to remember today. You're part of the church. You are equally valuable to everybody else. And we are called to share in that which leads to all of us flourishing. Amen. As we come to our prayers, we're going to use a hymn to help us. And the way it's going to work is... I will speak a little bit and then I will say, hear us as we sing and then we will sing a verse and a chorus. Hopefully it will make sense. The words will appear on the screen as well, so we'll hopefully all arrive at the same point at the same point. Our prayers this morning will use our ears to hear, our voices to sing, our minds to think, and our hearts to feel. Loving God, hear us as we sing. For the whole world, the nations whose stories fill the news headlines and also those we never hear about. For all people, poor and rich, powerless and powerful, exploited and exploiting. Show us, God, how we should pray and teach us how to act. Hear us as we sing.
those who are and who feel powerless. For those who are marginalised, deliberately or unknowingly, by the societies of which they are part. For those whose bellies are empty or swollen by malnutrition. For those whose hunger is for justice, acceptance, inclusion and love. Hear us as we sing. For those who feel their lives are meaningless or worthless. For those whose mental health is fragile or broken. For those who live in fear of abuse, mental, physical or sexual. For those who long to change their lives but have no idea how to begin. Hear us as we sing. are ensnared by violence and war, for those in positions of authority whose words and deeds have power to build up or to destroy, for ourselves in our own frailty and fallibility as we seek to employ the gifts and skills entrusted to us, hear us as we sing. Dependable God, whose promises are trustworthy, accept our prayers and enable us to play our part in living the answers for which we hope. Amen.
someone, somewhere, took grain and ground it into flour. Someone, somewhere, took flour and mixed it into a dough. Someone, somewhere, shaped the dough and baked the loaf, which someone bought in a shop and brought here today. Someone somewhere gathered grapes from the vine. Someone somewhere pressed those grapes to release the juice. Someone somewhere measured the juice into cartons and bottles. Which someone bought in a shop and brought here today. For here is a table which someone has spread with a beautiful white cloth and where someone has arranged fresh flowers and on which someone has carefully placed the cups and the plates, the bread and the wine so that everything is made ready. Hands, feet, eyes, minds, hearts. These and more, each playing their part in preparing for this moment, when we, the body of Christ, in which everyone has an equal place, may eat and drink and remember. So let us do just that. Around a table in a borrowed room, Jesus and his closest friends shared a meal together. Picking up the bread, Jesus said something like this. Do you see this bread? It represents my body, which is going to be broken for you. Whenever you eat bread, think about me and about everything I have taught you and shown you. They passed around the bread and they ate it. And they also remembered the strange words that Jesus had spoken. Later on, lifting a big cup of wine, Jesus says something like this. Look at this cup of wine. It represents my blood that will be spilled for you as a sign and seal of a new relationship between God and all creation. 
whenever you drink wine, think about these things and tell my stories again. And they did. And so do we. We remember the words Jesus has spoken. We remember the wonderful, mysterious stories of his life, death, resurrection and ascension. And we remember the promise that he is with us always. And we are glad. Well, I wonder if the choir could sing the piece that they've prepared as our act of thanksgiving. So we follow the example of Jesus and his first followers. We break bread. And we share bread. And we remember old stories and timeless promises. And we are glad. And Jesus took a cup of wine and we take cups of wine and we retain them to drink together to remind ourselves that we are the body of Christ in this place and every one of us has an equal place within it. (coughs) Together 
the body of Christ, each one as important and as insignificant as the other. Let us drink in faith and gratitude. Jesus lived as one of us, knowing all that it means to be human. Jesus died as one of us, sharing the mystery that is death. Jesus rose, still one of us, to lead us into eternity. Praise be to Jesus, the Christ of God. Amen.